Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everyone, welcome to episode four of Seeking Witchcraft. My name is Ashley, and today we're going to be talking all about divination, specifically tarot and oracle cards. So there's a lot of things that I want to cover in terms of divination, and I was originally planning for this to be just one whole episode, but there's a lot more about tarot cards that I realized that I would probably just need to do an entire episode on, and I'm also going to be throwing in um, information about oracle cards today. So I'm going to make this a two-part series, so just keep on the lookout for the next episode. Speaking of which, I do apologize for the massive delay in episode number four. Definitely didn't expect for that to happen. Um, I've been traveling a lot recently, and I am about to start a brand new nine-to-five job. So things have been a little bit crazy on my end with just coming back home and preparing for that. But I am back on schedule, and I'm hoping to be posting an episode every other week. But you guys can find out more information about um, my schedule. Uh, on my, through my Twitter, and my Twitter handle is Seek Witchcraft, so S E E K Witchcraft, all one word. I'm also going to be hosting another giveaway pretty soon, so stay tuned to see if you can be our next winner. So, going back to what we're going to talk about today, we're going to be covering the super exciting topic of divination, <laughs> specifically oracle cards and tarot cards. Um, I totally expected this to be one episode for all the different types of divination that I wanted to cover, but I quickly realized as I was preparing for this that this was not going to be able to be the case. So this divination talk is going to be in two different parts. Um, Pretty much today is going to be all about the cards, but the next podcast is going to focus on the alternative form of divination, specifically talking about scrying and pendulums, tea readings, and runes. I'm going to try to see about giving you guys an activity you could do at home, but I'm not sure how much time we're going to be able to have to cover that. So if I can't get to the end of that in this episode, because I have a lot to go over, (laughs) I'm going to go ahead and post it on my Twitter. And if anything, I will definitely give you guys an um, activity for the next episode. So I'm going to play a short ad. And in the meantime, I'd recommend maybe grabbing a pen and a notebook and maybe your favorite brew or tea. And I'll be back with you in just a moment. So let's go ahead and get started with a basic understanding of what divination is exactly. So divination is the practice of using some form of tool in order to receive spiritual insight into the past, present, or future problems, and or to communicate with spiritual guides or ancestors. There's tons of different tools you can use for divination, aside from all the ones I've already mentioned. But today we're going to be talking Uh, strictly about the cards. And by this, I mean tarot and oracle cards. First, we're going to go ahead and start with tarot as that's going to take the bulk of the time. And then um, we're going to move into oracle. But first, let's start with just a little tiny bit of history. So as you guys all know, tarot cards have been around forever. (laughs) But they were specifically made for use of divination in about 1789. 
Um, before this, tarot cards were used as playing cards, and they looked pretty different than the way that they do now. Um, the most commonly known deck is called the Rider Waite deck, but you may actually hear me refer to this as the Rider Waite Smith deck or the RWS, as the images that are on the deck itself are created by a woman, Smith, who wasn't really given much credit for her work at the time. There's also rumors that tarot cards are linked to the Kabbalah, which is a topic for another time, but is worth Googling if you're interested, which could um, help explain some of the patterns that you may see on some of the cards. Well, all right. Nowadays, there are a ton of different style tarot cards that you can buy. I mean, you can buy decks that only have pictures of specific animals, such as crows or pandas or cats. You can buy minimalistic decks. You can even buy a deck that has just a bunch of pictures of pizza on them. <laughs> There's a lot of different uh, decks out there. But I would say if you are new in the tarot game and you're just trying to focus on um, mastering this type of divination, I'd recommend starting out with a basic RWS deck because the images that are on that deck pretty much make up the basis for every other type of deck that you will buy. And if you can read the RWS, then you can read any deck. So start with the most basic first. I know sometimes you just really want to go straight for the really cool looking deck. And I will tell you, I did that myself. I bought these really cool decks. There's one specifically called Mystic Mondays, which is like holographic. Um, I'd recommend looking them up if you're interested. They are super cool looking. And then I got them and I was like, ooh, these are really hard to figure out what all of these pictures mean <laughs> based on uh, what's on here because of how minimalistic it was. Um, I ended up not very long after that buying a RWS deck and I am currently using that and I feel very, I don't know, more comfortable with that deck, you can say. So if you're trying to buy a deck, you know, the other ones are pretty, I'm not going to lie to you, but the RWS is probably going to be your best bet. All right, so tarot cards can be read in a variety of different ways during a bunch of different times. So what I mean by that is some people like picking a card every single morning to start their day to see how it's going to go. But this is also a good way to start to memorize what the different meanings are for your deck. Um, so if you are trying to learn tarot, this might be a strategy you can use. Um, a lot of other people may use a popular spread called the Celtic Cross. This spread involves you having 10 cards that you pick out, and it's a really good spread to use if you want advice about a situation because it talks about like what the current outcome looks like for it, if nothing were to change, and things like the external influences around it, uh, lots of different things that it talks about. It's a really good uh, spread. But if you are new in the tarot card, just know doing a Celtic cross does take a little bit of time because if you have to do the whole cross, look up what the different meanings mean, and then look up the cards, what the cards mean, it could take a little bit. So don't do a Celtic cross thinking it's going to be a quick five-minute thing. You want to go into that with the mindset that you're going to take your time with that sort of spread. Okay. Um, my favorite tarot spread is uh, called... The three card spread, which has you pull a card for the past, present, and future. Um, now, I will say, I actually recently went to a tarot workshop. Um, and you know what? I would probably actually recommend for you guys to do this as your activity. So I'll just throw this in here now. What she had us do was a three card past, future, or uh, past, present, and future spread. So 
she had us purposely look through the deck and pick out three cards that we believed matched our situation about what's going on. So I did that. And then afterwards, she had us have the deck tell us, so you will. (laughs) So what I mean by that is that we shuffled our decks and without looking, we drew three random cards. And then we um, put them all out in the same order as our uh, past, present, future. And we tried to see what the deck was actually saying was our situation. I will tell you, my cards lined up very, very well with each other. And in fact, my future card had an even better outcome than what I was expecting. So I was very happy with my deck. Um, But it was a really cool activity to do to see what the deck has to say versus what you think is going on. Because in my mind, my situation was this big, huge problem. And I wasn't sure what to do, and I thought it was this big situation. And then the tarot deck was like, hey, it's not a huge situation. It's okay. (laughs) So it was great. It was a cool thing to do, and I would absolutely recommend for you to do as an activity at home if you have a deck of your own. So another thing people might wonder is like, okay, when exactly do you do a tarot spread? People like using them whenever they have a calling to their deck. Um, You know, they might need advice for a particular situation or maybe you want to just get to know your deck. Um, But a lot of people like using them uh, and doing a specific spread on a full or new moon. Whenever there's a challenge or new situation happening in their lives, anything like that are uh, some things to consider doing. Now, I do have um, a Grove sister who does this really cool thing with her tarot deck. So this is not my idea. (laughs) This came from her, where she, when she gets a new deck, she does something called a deck interview. So she, I believe she said that she actually found this on Pinterest. So you might be able to do the same, where pretty much she has specific uh, questions that she asks her deck when she gets a new one. So it might say something like, What are your strengths as a deck? What are your weaknesses? What can I learn from you? What can you learn from me? Things of that nature. So if you get a new tarot deck, it may be worth it to go online on things such as Pinterest and look up how to do a deck interview and get to know your deck a little bit better. One other thing that's very popular with not just tarot decks, oracle decks too, or even crystals or whatever uh, you may get that's like in this witchy topic is a lot of people will have their deck um, next to them while they sleep when they first get it to kind of bond their energy with their deck as you will. Um, Some people put it on their pillow. Some people do a whole consecration ritual for it. There's a lot of different things people could do. Um, But we can get into ways to deal with the energy of the deck in a a moment. Alright. So the next thing I want to say is that tarot is something that you should not just expect to pick up and understand overnight. There are 78 cards in a standard deck, and each card has a completely different meaning than the next. The other thing with these meanings is that even with their known meaning, so if you look in the book or you look online of, let's say, the Queen of Wands, what that card means. Tarot also has alternative and intuitive meanings, which can shift upon how you need to hear or interpret that message. So, for example, uh, the tarot workshop that I attended recently, the person who was hosting the workshop spoke about her view on the Four of Cups. So, if you don't know what that card looks like, it's a picture of a person being offered a cup by some random person, or it kind of looks like a cloud, or some sort of entity, depends on whatever deck you have, maybe... 
I would just Google it for this example. Um, and so they're being offered this cup, and even though they, um, yeah, they're being offered this cup, and then in front of the person, they have three other cups in front of them. So originally, she told us that she believed that this card meant that they were taking cups from this card to just continue to add on to their collection. So that was like her understanding of what was going on with this picture in the card. But as time went on, she shifted her thought to mean that the person in the cup looked angry. (laughs) And that's why their arms are crossed. Because they were kind of talking to this entity and they were like, hey, uh, no, dude, I already have three cups. Like, I don't need a fourth from you. Like, stop giving me these empty cups. (laughs) So uh, for reference, the four of cups generally means that you're experiencing an abundance of opportunities, but that you're starting to say no to some of them as you're understanding that you have too many that are coming up. Um, With this, it's really interesting that her intuitive understanding of this card tended to line up more with the actual meaning, but that her original thought about it was not necessarily what the card was quote-unquote supposed to mean. Um, It was probably more something she was experiencing herself in her life. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, Tarot gets a rep for being known to call people out on their bullshit, for example. But in my opinion, Tarot was just really good at formulating your thoughts about a situation to cut through the bullshit, uh, for lack of a better term, again. Uh, You know, I feel that tarot can be a really valuable and interesting tool as people generally can find a way with each card to relate it to their situation and make more focused decisions. Now, that being said, I do believe there is some sort of magical aspect to the cards. What I mean by this is that most people who use them, myself included, generally tend to shuffle the cards and pick them out one by one in the deck in various order. Um, You know, I haven't really seen this. Some people might, but most practitioners won't just take the first few cards off the deck. If you do, there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I, in my personal experience, I don't really see that happening. But there's just something magical about having the deck spread out and going to pick, pick a specific card or just holding the deck and going to pick a card. And then all of a sudden your brain goes, wait, 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 no, no, no. Pick this card instead, like this specific card. There's something magical about that. Um, you know, it's one of the mysteries. We don't know why that happens, but it's very interesting. So one other thing, uh, keep in mind that tarot is one of those things that generally involves years of practice because there's much more to it than just memorizing what the meaning of each card is. Um, if you are interested in learning more, I would recommend purchasing uh, the Little Book of Tarot by Llewellyn, I believe is how you say it. So Llewellyn's Little Book of Tarot. I've also heard really good things about um, Tarot Beyond the Basics, uh, another book called Tarot for One, and then a third book, the se- or 78 Degrees of Freedom. I'd also, as I mentioned this before earlier, recommend purchasing an RWS deck and start off by doing a single card a day just to get familiar with that. One other thing, too, is that if you are trying to do the one a day, when you first get your deck, it might be helpful to make a little cheat sheet of, okay, this is what wands generally mean. This is what cups generally mean. This is what kings generally mean. So you can kind of get an understanding of the different suits before you actually delve into the card. One other thing is that if you do have cards, um, it doesn't hurt to try to read cards for your friends right off the bat. 
You know, it's interesting that a lot of people might believe that it's easier to read for themselves or it's sometimes easier to read for a friend and vice versa. So just some things to consider. (laughs) Now, don't beat yourself up if you think, oh man, I'm not good enough to read for a friend because, you know, ultimately tarot shouldn't be something that you're stressed about reading. It's there for fun. It's there for guidance. Um, Don't stress out everybody was new at one point. And a lot of people who have been practicing tarot for years and years still might not call themselves an expert because there's so many different meanings that the cards can have that it's hard to be like, I am the absolute knower of everything involving this deck. Unless you happen to have made the deck yourself, which is a whole nother story. (laughs) But yeah. All right. um, I want to move on to Oracle cards next this topic is going to be a little bit uh shorter but i did want to include it in the tarot card talk as tarot cards and oracle cards are pretty similar so one thing you can do is to consider tarot cards as a more structured and rigorous way to explain a situation that's going on um Oracle cards, on the other hand, are a little bit more free-flowing and able to bend with whichever way you like. The type of cards, um, or I'm sorry, Oracle cards are usually like pretty big-sized cards. I've never actually seen like a tiny deck of Oracle cards. And they generally, the way they look is they have a picture on the front of them with some sort of word on it um, explaining the picture, which is in turn supposed to explain your situation. So, For example, um, it might be a picture of two people holding hands and the picture underneath might say something like love or friendship or community. One thing to know about tarot cards is that unlike Oracle, which can look completely different, but they all pretty much have the same meanings. Oracle, or I'm sorry, tarot, yeah. Oracle decks are all completely different. (laughs) There is pretty much no two Oracle decks that are exactly alike. You can get, and I don't just mean the theme. So, I mean, there's Oracle decks you can get that are themes with unicorns or vampires, or you can even get self-help ideas or affirmations or animal spirits. I mean, there are tons of Oracle card decks out there. Um, the themes are different from each other, but I'm not just talking about the themes. I'm talking about the content within the cards itself. So, Oracle cards have a rep sometimes for being fluffy. There's a lot of fluffy oracle decks out there. So what I mean by this is there's a lot of decks that are focused on just positive affirmations or maybe angel spirits and they're all good, happy cards. They might say like communication and friendship and love and etc. And that might just be what like the different cards say on them. Um, These are great. There's nothing wrong with having a positive message for your day. (laughs) But there are also darker decks out there. And a lot of these darker decks might not actually be quote-unquote dark. But it's just that they have a good balance between fluff and reality. Now, I personally like the darker decks because, you know, fluff and reality, you know, good and bad. That's just kind of how life is. Fluff decks are nice for a positive affirmation during the day. But... Life isn't always positive, so sometimes it's nice to know, oh man, if I'm getting a card that says deceit, which is a whole other story for another day, <laughs> it's good just to know, like, okay, I need to keep my, my eyes open, like something might be happening here. Can't really do that if every single card's about love and friendship. So, Oracle decks are a great way for beginners to get used to using decks for divination. Um, 
especially if the idea of doing tarot is just a little bit intense for you. Oracle decks, you can do pretty much any spread with them that you'd like. And they're really good to help develop your intuition as whatever meaning you get from that card is generally accepted as the meaning that in that in the book provided for them. That's the other thing too with Oracle cards is that every deck has a specific book for it. So you don't, or I guess you wouldn't necessarily go on Google and look up, hey, what does this card mean? One thing about Oracle decks. Uh, so Oracle decks were my very first form of divination. So I have a huge spot in my heart for them. And I recommend that everybody should have an Oracle deck. I do generally recommend that people get you know, one that's not fluffy and it's a good mix of positive and negative cards. As, as I mentioned, that's how real life is. Um, and if you're wondering which deck is my favorite, I currently use the House of Night Oracle deck, which is based off the marked book series if anybody's read it. Um, I know it might sound a little weird because it is based off a book series, but the person who actually created the card um, did it in collaboration with the author of the series. And the person who created the cards themselves is actually like a reputable Oracle card um, artist. So I wasn't really too worried about like, oh man, it's based off a book series. Um, it's my absolute favorite and I highly recommend this deck to anybody listening if you want a deck that is a good mix of positive and negatives. Um, Alright, so if you're wondering how to actually use an Oracle deck, I did mention you can do whatever spread you want, but this is how I do it. And um, you can do this with tarot as well. So the first thing I do is I take my deck out and I knock on the top of the deck um, just to get off any stale energy that might be left onto it. I do this with my tarot cards as well. Sometimes people kind of look at me like I have three heads, but I don't know. It's just a habit. (laughs) Um, Then what I do with my tarot cards is I'll hold them down in front of me and I'll kind of just like let the deck tell me how many cards I need to pull. So for example, it might say just pull one card or it might say you need to pull three cards. Hell, it might even say you need to pull seven cards (laughs) depending on my situation. Um, I just let it tell me. So then from there, I will pull out the cards, but I'll keep them face down. And then say I pull three cards. After they're face down and I have them all together, I put the the main deck away. And then I look at the three cards and I let those cards tell me, how do I need to turn those cards over? So what I mean by that is that the third card I pulled might actually be the first one that I need to pull or turn over. That might be the first card I need to read. Then I might change the order, um, so on and so forth. So this doesn't necessarily mean that the first card I pulled is going to be the first one I'll turn over. And yeah, I'll just do my reading that way. So I absolutely love Oracle cards. I think they are awesome. They're a great way to get started with divination. And yeah, I would recommend anybody to purchase a deck. So that is about all I wanted to say about tarot and Oracle decks. I don't have any experience with this, but if you are trying to save money and you do want to use a tarot card deck, but you don't want to really buy anything, but you maybe you just want to save the money or you might not have the means to, I have heard that some people will actually use a regular um, playing card deck as an oracle deck. Now, I think a regular, I'm sorry, as a tarot deck. Now, a playing card deck only has 52 cards, and I really couldn't tell you what those cards what the suits are supposed to match up but I do know um you know Google can obviously help you with that um it is something to keep in mind but I would recommend trying to save up some money and purchasing a deck um either the Rider Waite Smith deck or the House of Night Oracle deck wonderful recommendations so 
All right, I'm gonna go ahead and keep it from there or stop it there. So if you guys have any questions at all, if there's anything that you want more clarification on or anything you might wanna argue with me about, uh, you can reach me on my Twitter. Uh, I, I would love to talk and interact with all of you. As I mentioned, I am gonna have another giveaway soon. Um, it is gonna be after my next um, episode on divination because I am looking to host a giveaway with something in the realm of divination, so stay tuned. Once again, I can be reached at Twitter at Seek Witchcraft. That is my Twitter handle. You can send me a message or, you know, you can tweet me, whatever you guys want to do. Um, makes you more comfortable. Well, I hope you guys all have a great rest of your night. Thank you again for being patient. And I hope this helped to answer some questions about the cards. I will see you guys in the near future. <laughs> Check my Twitter to find out when exactly the episode's going to be posted. I promise I will post it. I will be a little bit more um, on the money with this than my bad guys. <laughs> all right. You guys all have a great night, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 